So James ends this last section that we were in last week, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Then into verse 14, let's jump into it. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Right off the bat, the bat that question, how is that supposed to be answered? Can that faith save him? What's the answer supposed to be? Help me out. No, it's not going to save him. Thank you. Yes, like that. No, that's the point. You ask this question, it's to be out there. No. What I found interesting about this first verse was, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Now, let me ask you a question. As I was thinking on that, it seems pretty straightforward, but then I thought for a second, who in the world is going to go around and say, you know, I have faith, but I don't have works? That didn't make any sense to me. I never thought of that before, but... I looked at it and said, this is saying, who, you know, if a person does that, who's going to go around and say, I have faith, or, but I don't have any works? No one's going to say that. No one's going to actually say that. So what, what does that mean? Well, I was trying to think through it and pray through it, and ultimately, I think what is being said here by James is someone will say, I have faith, but the works that I should be doing as one who has faith, I don't really do those. Okay, so this is the example of, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. But, uh, yeah, I don't really like God's people. I don't really like other Christians. I don't, no, I don't really gather with other Christians. As Hebrews 10 says, we're not to forsake the gathering like in our covenant we saw. I don't really do that, though, now. Oh, well, well okay, you're a Christian. Do you, re- do you read God's Word? Nah. I got this kind of connection with God. He lets me know what's going on. I pretty much understand Him. Oh, okay, well, how about your prayer life? Do you you pray? Well, not really. I mean, I I just kind of feel like, you know, God understands me. And when I'm out in nature, He, you know, I'm just connected to Him. I don't really pray with Him. Pray to Him. Now, again, there is a connection that does happen. Of course, I think that's kind of deep for some when they're out in nature. But this is the idea. So, ultimately, got my hat here. Don't boo if you're not a fan of this. It's just a, just a demonstration. Okay? Got my hat here. And uh, maybe you guys didn't know this, but uh, I'm on the Florida Gators now. I'm the newest, newest player. Isn't that interesting? I'm the newest player on the team. And you might say, well, great. Who's the coach? Haven't met him yet. Don't know. Oh, okay, how about your teammates? How's that going? You getting, getting involved with your teammates? I, I don't really like my teammates, so I decide that I'm not going to meet with them. I'm, I'm going to kind of do my own thing. Well, how about practice? You practice with the team? Do you play any games with the team? Do you, do you go to battle with the team? Nah, don't really like to do that either. Uh, those aren't uh, anything I want to do. Interesting. What would you guys think if that was my response? I've told you I'm on the team. What do you guys think? Am I on the team? No. I'm not on the team. But I got a hat. You got I've got a hat. I live in Gainesville, maybe. I'm on the team, right? No. Not on the team. I think what James is saying is not that people were going around saying, Hey, I've got faith, but I don't have works. 
think what James is saying is he's talking about people who are saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I have faith, but those works that Christians should be doing, helping the poor, things like that, I don't really do that. They need to help themselves. That's what I had to do. Does that make sense? You tracking with me so far? Okay. And he says, if that's your type of faith, can that faith save you? No. Verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, verse 16, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Makes a lot of sense. Someone comes in, I'm freezing, I'm starving. Well, that's tough. Sorry that you feel that way. Man, I should, I'm going to pray for you about that. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to take off my shirt and give you the shirt off my back. No. I'm not going to go to the house and get the extra shirts that I have. Go to the refrigerator where we have food. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to say, oh, be blessed. Pray for you. God, provide for this person's needs. I wish God, oh, Lord, will you please use someone in some way to bless this person and meet, meet this person's needs. Please, God, go and be blessed. doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense at all. And that's what he's saying. That is not going to be helpful just like your faith. If your faith is that, where you have no works, where you're not doing the things that you should be doing, again, don't miss this, and we're going to talk about this throughout the time. It's not that we do these works so that God will love us. He already loves us, and so we're free to do these works. But if you're not doing these works, and I have faith, but I don't do any of these other things. In fact, I live in sin, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Is that faith going to save you? I made a profession when I was eight. I was baptized. But I don't do anything that God says. Is that faith going to save you? Go in peace, be warmed and filled. What a response. But I think we're guilty of this from time to time. We have to be careful. So also, verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But this is our memory verse, so I know you guys are familiar with this. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Stop there for a second. So now what the person is going to do, this person is going to go ahead and say, well, we're all different. We all have different gifts. We're all different blessings to the body. You're the faith people. You're the works people. It's not that they're together. It's that some have faith, and so I'm the guy who's saying, I've got faith, and, and, and you guys have works. James is going to point out that this is pretty foolish as well. James says, show me your faith apart from your works, which you can't do. And I will show you my faith by my works. There's two dangers. There's, there's, there's dangers in the sense of, on this side, there's a danger of, if you have faith but no works, that's not real faith. Right? Not real faith. But on the other side... What if you have works but no faith? You guys are the works side. That's the faith side. This is the works side. You guys have works but no faith in God. Is that going to do anything for you? It's not. 
It's not. Because again, anything that's done that, that, that doesn't have faith driving it, it's pointless. You have to have a new heart. You have to have God's Spirit inside of you. You have to be made right before God so that you can then do those good works. Again, not so that He'll love you, but because He loves you. And then you do those works, and then God can be pleased with those because it's coming from a good source. A good source. A new heart. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm better than those people who aren't Christians. It means you have a lot of grace lavished upon you. And you're to love because you have a new source. Now, those works mean something. But if you just have works, and there's a lot of people in our society who have just works, and they help a lot of people. And it's sad that there's people who don't have genuine faith, but they're helping the poor and the widows and others more than we are, and we're the ones who have faith. That's a concern. We can't have that either. We need both. <laughs> For those of you who are a little bit sarcastic, <laughs> James... Look at this next section. I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19. You believe that God is one. You do well. Do you know where that comes from? Turn with me, if you will, real quick to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It it might end up being up on the screen as well. Deuteronomy 6. Probably won't be because I didn't give it to Susan, probably. But... Listen to this, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command to you today shall be written on your heart. You shall teach them, check this out, this is an encouragement, diligently to your children. We've got to keep doing that. Not just passively. Diligently teaching them to your children. And shall talk of them, check this out, when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. We're to talk about God's Word in all those different, at all those different times. What else is there? You're sitting, you're walking, you're standing, you're laying. We're always to be talking of God's Word. But what's interesting is this is an important passage here for the Israelites, and this is something that they would say, many believe that they would say this when somebody wanted to become a proselyte, they become an Israelite. They would recite that, and God's people would recite that. So what James is saying here, go back into James now. He says, you believe that God is one. You believe what I just said from the Old Testament. You do well. That's a great thing to believe. Now, (laughs) even demons believe that. You know what James just said? James just said, if you're one of those people who have faith without works, you have the same faith as demons. The same faith as demons. But then, he goes a step further. Watch what he does here. He really punches you in the gut. Listen to what he says. And shudder. So a demon knows the right doctrine knows all the answers to the Sunday school questions. A demon knows God is one. He knows all about Jesus, knows that Jesus is Lord, and that actually makes him shudder, and that means absolute tremble and fear. But you, who may believe the right things, may have been in church your whole life, you know the Bible front to back, 
But if you don't have any works that come from that, you're worse than the demon because at least the demon will shudder. You do nothing. And that's why James in verse 20 gets so direct. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person? That faith apart from works is useless? We don't want to be shown that. We do not want to be shown that. So as James is making his point here, he's now going to go to the Scriptures. He's going to show us what he's arguing for. He's going to show us now what he's talking about with this faith and works. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Does that strike anyone as strange? Turn with, uh, with me, if you will. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. If you're not familiar with who Abraham is, He becomes the father of many nations. God chooses him, tells him to go to a land that he would show him. And he makes a covenant with Abraham. Now, Abraham didn't have any kids at this point. He says, hey, through your offspring, through your family, I'm going to make a great nation that's going to have more in it that will, more than the stars in the heavens. Hey, I didn't have any kids. Really? Okay, God. But he believed God. Look what it says, verse 15. This is the covenant, just to give you context. That's the covenant that God has with him. I'm going to read from verse 3, but uh, verse 6 is what I'm going to hone in on. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will not be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven, number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be, And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Go back to James for me. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? See, what happens is, if you're not familiar with the story, God makes this covenant and actually says right here, his righteousness, this was counted as righteousness for him. He hasn't done anything yet. What did he do? He believed. A couple In Genesis, a couple chapters later is when, in chapter 22, is when the sacrifice of Isaac comes. But James, what are you doing to us here? Go back to James. What's he saying here? Was not our father... Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Okay, maybe we need some help. Let's check out Romans. Let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans 3. Romans 3. I'm going to read one verse out of Romans 3. Right now, this is talking about Paul's making an argument in this book, the righteousness of God through faith. This is how our righteousness comes. Check this out. First, I'm going to read 3.28 for you. For we hold, this is Paul, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Justified by faith apart from works of the law. Down into four, 
he goes through and he talks about Abraham specifically. He says, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Go back to James. Are you seeing the tension here? Paul just said, not by works are you going to be justified, it's by your faith. Abraham, the righteousness is credited to him through faith. And then we have James here, who's telling us, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Is this a contradiction in Scripture? Some of you are going, yeah, we got this. Let's, let's keep going. Let's see what happens. You see, verse 22, that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. It's this idea, reaching to my little bag of tricks here. It's this idea that these scissors are only going to work if there's two parts to them. Okay? You have faith and you have these works. And it's together that they work. If I take this off and I have one, how's that going to do for me? Not the same. Together, they work together. Faith and works. It was, his faith was active with his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, continuing on 28. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Isn't that incredible that those works show that Abraham's faith was genuine. And then as it comes, it completes his faith. And not only does, he, does Abraham become righteous because of the faith in God, in Christ, but he's called a friend of God. Do you remember what everyone's called? Before you're a Christian, guess what you're called? It's not friend of God. Enemy of God. If you're not a Christian and you're here today, Listen to me carefully. You are an enemy of God. You are. If you're here today and you're like, I'm a Christian, I'm on the team, but you don't have any of the works, you're an enemy of God. And you need to be a friend of God. And the only way to do that is to cry out to Him to save you, and then you receive the righteousness of Christ. Through faith. Now here's the thing. Heather and I have been married. <laughs> she didn't know I was going to talk about her. <laughs> We've been married 16 years. And a half. <laughs> we stood, exchanged our vows, and we said, I'm going to love you for as long as we both shall live. That's what I told her. I'm going to love you for as long as we both shall live. Whether we're sick or healthy, Right? Poor, rich, good times, bad times, going to love you. That was my proclamation. Just like when Abraham believed God in that moment, I believe you, God, you're going to do this thing. You're going to make a nation great for me, and I don't have any kids, but you're going to do this. Here's the thing. Whether or not I was telling the truth, whether or not I really meant what I was said, 
at the altar will find out when either I die or she dies. That's when we're going to find out. Did what I say, did I really mean it? Was it really there? Now again, not getting into the discussion of divorce. Of course, Scripture has times of divorce when there are some things that are um, allowed. Not getting into that. Put that discussion aside. We can talk about that another time. The point is, God does hate divorce and he desires for us to be together forever when possible. Okay? If I do not last till either I go or she goes, where I either love her all of my life or I love her all of her life, then what I said there, I didn't really mean. It stopped. Somehow it stopped. That's the same idea what's happening here. Abraham before says, I believe you, God. I believe you. And then it comes time he gets a son and he takes the son to the altar and God says, sacrifice your son then. Now it's time to, is that faith real or not? And what's he do? Okay. Not a problem. And God stops him. He says, okay. Just making sure that that faith you said is going to work itself completely out. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Almost done. Verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not faith alone. How is this going against Paul? It's not. They work in conjunction. It's like stepping one and the other, faith and works, faith and works there together. It is true that it's that faith that saves us. When he believed, it was counted as righteousness, but that faith will produce works it's going to start, and it's going to produce works. And if they're not there, then guess what? The faith isn't real. Verse 25, And in the same way was not also Rahab, if you remember the story of Rahab, interesting, the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Remember, Abraham, Rahab, both, they're mentioned in Hebrews 11 as those of the Hall of Fame of Faith. But he's talking about works again. What's interesting, what I love about this, is he uses Abraham, which everyone's okay with Abraham, right? F- Father Abraham, he's great. Look at all the great things he did. He didn't kill his, his son. He was going to, but you know, God stopped him, but he was going to sacrifice his son Abraham. That makes sense. And James also uses Rahab. Now, for those of you <laughs> who were listening, <laughs> which who knows how many that was, during the book of Ruth, who was Rahab? Who was her son? Does anyone remember? Boaz. The man among men, right? Boaz. Rahab was not part of the Jewish people. What James is showing us is the Jewish people, Abraham, and Rahab, those who she represents, non-Jewish people. Everybody, if they have faith that has true works in it, can be saved. Jews non-Jews. And then also, Abraham's great. What's Rahab? What's it say in the text? What was she? Prostitute. Is that, there's no sin that keeps you from God. He forgives all sin, except the one where you don't believe in him. <laughs> or attribute his works to the devil, the Holy Spirit's works to the devil. That's another sermon. 
In the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them away? They came. She believed. She saw that God was working. She believed that God was coming. She believed in God's people. She believed in God. Where was the works come in? When they actually, when it came time, they came and she sent them away, she said. And then when they came, she actually lied to those who came. Different discussion of whether or not it's okay to lie in that scenario. We'll cover that another time. The point is, she was trying to follow God the best she could. That's where those works come in. Last verse. For the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith from works, apart from works, is dead. Bag of tricks. (laughs) You guys are surprised what I can pull out of this thing. It's like a clown car. What is this? Hose. This is from the house over there. Normally, we have this hooked up to a sprinkler or nozzle of some sort. This sends to the spigot. Okay? Well, sometimes I go to turn on the spigot and go to look on the other end of the hose. Maybe you've had this, and the water's not really coming out. I'm like, what? What is going on? What do you do? What do you do when you turn on the spigot and the water's not coming out? Turn on more. Make sure it's not kinked. A couple points here as we close. If there's true faith and you're hooked in to the spigot, you're hooked into God, the water's going to come out. The fruit of the Spirit is going to come out of you. These good works... Again, not works of the law of the Old Testament, but these, these works of helping, loving, serving are going to come out. There may be some of you that there's some kinks in the hose and just a little drizzle's coming out. That doesn't mean you're not a believer, but what it does mean is we've got to work on these kinks. We need to repent of sin. We need to confess these things to God, ask for forgiveness, and repent and move on and get those kinks out so it can flow. Does that make sense? At the same time, it's possible that there are no kinks in the hose. You go over the spigot and the spigot's broken. You ever had that? Twist it. It's not actually opening up. It's broken there. That needs to be fixed. There may be some of you who are so broken over something, sin in your life, pain, I don't know what it is, that we need to work on that so we can really get that water flowing. Doesn't mean there isn't some water in there. It means we need to work on some things. But, let's say the spigot's fine. There's no kinks in the hose. And the water's not flowing. And you're saying, got the hose, ready to water. I just, I, I don't get it. May I throw out the possibility that there's no water in the well. The well's dry. And that can be taken two ways. You could say that means we really need to pour God's word into us so we're serving from the overflow. Or it may mean that you don't have the living water. The way to respond today is if you are like that and you do not have the living water, you've not tasted the living water of Christ. 
In a moment, we're going to have the invitation. Respond. Cry out to Him. Say, I don't want to be thirsty anymore. If you're on the other side and you know you're connected, but that water just isn't coming out like it should, you're too broken, or you've got too many kinks going on right now, now's the time to repent. And allow that to flow. And again, we will be able to water this community, this nation, and this world, as Ashton mentioned, if we will just tap into the source and not block it from coming. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, you are good to us all the time. You are so kind. We were separated from you. Sinners with no hope, you would send your very own son to die in our place for our sins. And how you approved his sacrifice in our place, the death we should have died, you approved that by raising him from the dead after three days. And because of that, if we believe in you, if we have faith in him and his gospel, we can be saved. We can be made righteous. So I pray for my brothers and sisters now, Lord, who have done that. I pray that if there are kinks in the hose, if there are things going on, Lord, I pray that they would repent of that sin, that they would come to You. And Lord, at the same time, if that water is flowing right now, I praise You for that. And God, I see it. I see it around the church. I see brothers and sisters loving, serving, meeting, talking about Your Word, praying for one another. Lord, I am so thankful that You're doing that. They're doing that. Lord, if there are some who, no matter what they seem to do, that water just doesn't come out. They keep saying, I'm on the team. But they're not. The well is dry. I pray that today they would cry out to you. Please help us to understand these things and help us to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen.